And here we are, our last recording on the gates, specifically talking about the spirit gates. But I think in the future, maybe the next recording, we're going to talk about the soul gates. But for our spirit gates, we have the gate of reverence and the fear of God. Ruthie, let's talk a little bit about reverence first. What is reverence? Well, in my in my estimation, reverence is about honor. You know how we honor people who have um, who are great people and done stuff. It's about honor and um, the values that kind of go along with that. Our respect, our um, like in awe of him. Yes. Honor, that is so important. And you know, what is the opposite of honor? I think the opposite of honor is dishonor. And not only is it dishonor, it means what happens when you give a a false a false witness or a false report. You're actually living a life that is a false report or a false witness. It dishonors who Hashem is. And many a times we as believers in the way don't understand what it means to live a life, to walk out a life that honors Hashem and does not dishonor Hashem. Because when people think of reverence, they think of, oh, we just need to be holy and quiet in the sanctuary. They don't even think about reverence outside of the sanctuary. Don't you think reverence is something that we can do not only in the sanctuary, but outside of the sanctuary. And what do you think about reverence uh, as a form of worship in the sanctuary? Well, outside of the sanctuary, just think about people that you honor, like um, the president or the queen or a head of state. Those are people that you honor because of the position, because of what they do for people. And so when we, when we talk about uh, reverence for Hashem, the honor should be even more than that because it's, it's, um, it's our way, our gesture of respect for Him. Mm. So... So if if I'm I'm talking about uh, King David, he had reverence for God, and he danced before him. He danced before him. He danced before the ark as he was bringing the ark into into Jerusalem. And it wasn't even in the sanctuary. It wasn't. It wasn't. And. So when we talk about ourselves, like in the morning, if you get up and you have your worship music on, you are showing honor to God. If you're doing soaking music at home um, or even at work during your break, during your lunch break or during your morning break, you put your soaking music on and, and you honor him, you talk to him. You show him uh, deference. Yes. That doesn't mean you're not in the sanctuary. You are in your home. Because when when you think about it, my body, your body, our bodies 
are the temple, are the place where um, he houses himself. Yes, where the Shekinah glory, right? right? The Hebrews believe it was the Shekinah glory. Doesn't the Bible say that we are an ark? Just like you have the Ark of the Covenant with the two cherubim, we are the temple, and inside of us is the Ark. And we create an Ark in our being that allows the Shekinah glory to flow from heaven to our earth and flows through us as his temple. That is powerful. Absolutely. And when you think about it, and you think about about honor, if you go before somebody that you honor, you're not going to go with your worst clothes. You're not going to go um, with something that people would go to the club in. You are going to you are going to always be dressed respectfully because he is always with you and you are taking your ark. You are taking it into the community, among your neighbors, among your, your, the people that you work with. And they will see that you have reverence, that you have honor toward Hashem. But l- let me take that a little bit deeper. I love the way you said that okay. about clothes and what you wear. But how about this? How about we can go a little deeper and say, how are we honoring Hashem from the inside out. In other words, not just how we look on the outside of of appearance, but what are the things inside of us that is working to honor him? In other words, do we have deep secrets that we're hiding and we think we can hide stuff from Hashem? It doesn't work that way. We can't hide anything from Hashem. Where is our heart? Is our heart open and is our heart in love and pursuing Hashem, or is our heart cold, or is our heart connected to the things of this earth? Is our heart distracted? I believe we can go into a place of worship, but not honor Him because our heart is really connected to the things of this world, the things of this life. And so then what we're performing or what we're observing is just becoming a ritual and we're not, but we're not really connecting to it. And that right. is irreverence. Exactly. Exactly. What is it? Forsaking the power, having the form of godliness, but forsaking godliness. the power that's within? Right. And you go. Because the power that is within is that same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Right. Which is the power that comes with the glory. Deutimus power. Right, right. Mm-hmm. You know, and and so we need to be aware of his presence within us constantly. That awareness is honor. Think about that. Because if we are constantly aware of his presence inside of us, then it gives us the ability to turn our heart, the intentions of our heart towards him all the time. And so we work out of that. And what I mean by work, we live our life out of that intention, the intention of our heart that's constantly set inward towards him where he dwells on the inside of us. 
That's what the Bible says. The Bible says, I am in you and you are in me. Right. Right? And he, uh, Yeshua says that he is in Yehovah, right? And Yehovah is in him. And we are in them. And they are in us. That that is powerful. So then wherever they are, we can be. Right. Seated at the right hand of the Father. Yes. And omnipresent, wherever they are, we can be too. That's pretty powerful. Remember, we're talking about spirit gates. That is correct. Yeah, we talk about spirit gates. So our spirit is with him. And I'm not there yet, but at some point... We need to be able to see what he sees. Yes. And see what he's doing. Yes. So that we can emulate him. Well, that's what Yeshua was able to do. How do we think Yeshua was able to see and know what was going to happen the next day? How did he know what was in people's hearts? He knew what was in people's hearts. He knew the thoughts of man. He knew the Bible clearly says he know he knows the thoughts and intentions of man. He knew which was the disciple that came to him and he said, You mean when you were underneath the fig tree? He said, Before you were underneath the fig tree or I saw you or while you were underneath yeah, the fig man, tree, I saw you. Man, Before right. he had even met Yeshiva. Yeshiva said, I already saw you. Now what was he talking about when he said that? He was talking about seeing him in with his spirit. His spirit had seen him because he was in the Father. Exactly. And even though he wasn't in that location, he had seen him. So think about this. The power for good that can happen when we spend a lot of time with Hashem. Just just uh, connecting with him and talking to him and and studying studying what he's done eventually we'll be in a position to be able to see and help people help them because we'll be able to see where they're hurting to see when they're in distress to mm-hmm. see when they're depressed mm-hmm. and to be able to turn situations around for them Wouldn't that be so powerful? And you know, the word of God says, Yeshua says, greater works than these will you do because I'm returning to my father. So as he's returning to his father and then Ruach HaKodesh is given to us, we are now in the dispensation of Yeshua and we are commissioned to do the greater works. Do you know, there are folks that actually believe that the the miracles, signs, and wonders that happen in the New Testament don't happen today. I I mean, my my heart goes out for folks like that because they haven't seen, they haven't engaged with, or been taught that the Word of God clearly says greater works than these, and that's what it means, greater works than these. So Yeshua's death was not for naught. His death was to give us access to the throne of grace 
by that access. That's why the veil was torn so that we can step beyond the veil and now access the throne of grace where Yehovah reigns, rules, and lives, right, on his mountain. Right. And we can now have access to all those things that Yeshua died for. He died blood, sweat, and tears. You know, he died for us. And that is a tremendous, that is the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate trade, right? For all of us so that we could have the opportunity not just to live eternally, but to be able to actuate right now in our daily lives every promise written in his word and to live it out. And do you know what, Ruthie? I feel as though if we're not living out those promises, are we really honoring him? Are we honoring Hashem? I don't think so. Let me let me uh, bring it down to earth a little. Uh, a few days ago, I was on my way to the gym and I had a tumble. I fell watching a squirrel. And I scraped myself up really badly. Well, by the end of the day, I couldn't walk. My knee was swollen. I could not. I couldn't stretch it out. I couldn't bend it. I was in <coughs> excruciating pain. Mm. So what did I do? I accessed what Isaiah said, by his stripes, you are healed. And in Peter it says, by his stripes you were healed. And so I started claiming my healing. I claimed my healing, I claimed my healing until I fell asleep. And when I woke up in the morning, my knee was fine. The swelling had gone down because it had been like twice the size. The swelling had gone down. I could walk. Now that's what he wants for us. He does not want us to suffer. He wants us to use that same power because he's given us the authority. Yes. So, so we can, we can take these promises in his word and, and activate them in our lives. Isn't that powerful? Oh, that's so powerful. And even when the word says in these, it says, it says, um, in these times, you will have trouble, but be, what is it? It's be not afraid or, but I've overcome the world. Right. It says, I've right. so we so so be even encouraged. He's trying to tell us what what I what I want to say is that it's not only just be encouraged. It it is I have given you the power and authority to live through it to be an overcomer right. of it. And I think a lot of times we 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 some folks will just lay on that side of oh in this time in this life you will have trouble they totally ignore the rest of what that bible verse says and then they they fixate right they fixate on it but wait a minute he wasn't saying you're gonna have trouble and yet i haven't given you the keys to overcome because the word is or the word of god is full of keys to overcome in every circumstance every situation it's not just healing it is every circumstance 
There's not one circumstance that Yeshua did not die for already and has already given us the power and the keys to overcome. And I believe the more we honor Yeshua in that, the more he shares revelation with us and gives us more keys to overcome. But let's talk about the fear of the Lord. What's that all about? A lot of people think that's about being afraid. Well, you know, you just talked about um, trusting him because the fear of the Lord is putting our trust in him. You know, in, in Psalms it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but the definition of fear is putting our trust in God, honoring him with reverence and putting our trust in him, being aware of his glory and majesty. Yes, and being aware of what he is doing from the small things in our lives to the big things every single moment of the day. Now, you know, when you when you think about trusting, there are people that you say, I can trust them, but not all the time. Well, to me, that's not trust. Right. Trust means it doesn't matter what happens, that person is going to have my back. Just like just like it says in, in Isaiah, it said, he will be our real God. Mm. That's a promise. He will have my back regardless. And so because he's told me that, I can say, I can put my trust in him. It doesn't matter what happens. I know because I am under the shelter, under his, under his wing. wings. He is overshadowing me that I know without a shadow of a doubt that he is going to take care of any situation that I check, that I give to him. But the thing is, do I give myself to him in the morning? Mm. When I wake up, am I putting myself in his care? Am I taking care of what he wants me to do? It's, it's a two-way thing, you know, people think, Oh, God's going to take care of me. He's in control. He's in control as far as we will Allow. give him, <laughs> you right. know, the permission. Because he's a gentleman. He's not going to just come in and, and get rid of hurricanes and get rid of tornadoes and just fix everything. He's given this planet to us. This planet was given to man. And so... To rule and reign. Right. We give to him the permission to be involved in our lives, and that's where trust comes in. That's where the fear of, fear of Yahweh comes in. It's not being fearful. It's not about obeying rules and living in a morally right, right way, which would be um, the definition of God-fearing. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about putting absolute trust in him, knowing that as we give him permission to operate anywhere within our lives, within our family, that he's going to do just that. And you know, it's also talking about holiness, the fear of him, and 
wonder, awe, and amazement. It's like, wow, look at that. That's incredible. Like the cherubim that are standing, that are around the mercy seat when Yehovah is on the mercy seat and they're saying holy 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 we keep on thinking well that means they're just being oh you're so reverent this is so no they're like wow look at that in because in the Shekinah glory Yehovah is revealing who he is what he's going to do and they're responding like wow this is holy this is amazing look at that wonder awe amazement so the fear of god is like wow that is incredible look at what god is doing and that is the attitude that we have to have about who he is and what he has in store for each and every one of us you know his word of god is full uh, the the word, his word is full of amazement. It's full of wonder. It's full of awe. That's right. Because he, think about it, he loves us so much. He cares about us so much. We are so important to him that he will live inside of us. And so when we wake up in the morning, we should be saying, wow. Isn't he amazing? Look at the sun that just came up. Wow, he has done all of this. He breathed out all those stars that I see in the heavens. Wow, I am in fear of him. Amazing, amazing, because he is awesome and amazing. And so when we can open, I love the fact that you talked about the fear of God is total and complete trust. It's obedience and who he is following and obeying what he wants us to do. It's holiness, choosing to walk in a holiness because he's so wonderful and he's so amazing and totally trusting in him, a total abandonment, a total trust in who he is. And that to me is just an incredible thing. And we all should seek to live a life that totally is an abandonment to him. Now, as we begin to connect to the internal source, which is that light source of him and who he is at first love, then that light will shine through the reverence and the fear of the Lord gate and begin to reveal to us more and more of who he is and then more and more of who we are it's like the word of god says how we can behold him all right we can behold him and we become changed like moshe when moshe looked at him he says to aaron and aaron and the sister well i speak to you in dark sayings but to moshe i speak to him face to face Right. Which, by the way, okay, face-to-face means face-to-face. So when in the Word of God, when he's talking about I'm covering you in the cleft of the rock so I can show you or you can only see my hinder parts, we're going to go in more detail of what that means. But what that really meant and what the Hebrews believe, it wasn't that the back of him was less holy so that he sh- he didn't shine as bright as the front of him. Because if that were the case, why would he be speaking to him face to face? 
face to face. Which is right. what he did. What he showed him was the hinder parts, which meant what happened from the beginning of creation when it began to be created. That's what he was showing him. How else, Moshe? How else could Moshe write the books of Bereshit, oh, which is Genesis, right? right? Exodus, Leviticus, number. Mm-hmm. How else could he know unless that was revealed to him through Yehovah? Exactly. So, yeah, because he wasn't there. Right, he wasn't, he wasn't there. But in him, in Yehovah, he was there. He could be anywhere. He could be anywhere. Exactly. Because the Hebrew, th- exactly. the, the Hebrew thinks of things as cyclical. So the end and the beginning are right next to each other. Whereas the Greek thinks linear. Right. And so, so they think of the end and the beginning as being as far as apart as you can imagine. But that's not how the Hebrews think. And that's not how the the scriptures were written. They were written with the Hebraic thinking of cyclical, the beginning and the end happened right next to each other. So when Moshe stepped in into the mountain of Yehovah and communed with him when he got the Ten Commandments, he was able to see what was taking place from the beginning of creation. And he could see the future. Yes. Because everything everything is connected. So get this, Nina. If this is right, and he is in us, and we are in him, and he is, you know, it says he's the Alpha and the Omega, and he's the beginning and the end, we could be able to see the beginning. We should be able to see Genesis. Isn't that a little out the box? No, that's awesome. I totally <laughs> believe it because David, which is David in, in in Hebrew, David was an awesome kind of freaky guy. In other words, if you go, if you really read uh, David and what the things that he said, he lived out of the future. David right. knew what was going to happen in the future. And so you think when he went to battle, Goliath, that he was afraid that Goliath was going to kill him? No, because he already knew he was going to become king. Why would he, why would he have to be afraid of anything? And this is what I want to tell folks. We got to live out of the future today. David talked about, don't let your Holy Spirit be withdrawn from me. What the Holy Spirit wasn't even delivered to the earth until after Yeshua died and rose again. So he was speaking by the inspiration of Ruach Hakodesh, that he out of, out of his future, out of his future, and we all can live out of our future today. And I think the reason why I was I was going to say yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. The reason why a lot of Christians or believers in the way are fearful is because they have no idea what's going to happen in the future. No clue, no idea. And what we're here to say is right now, as you're listening to the podcast, you can know through Hashem what is to happen, what are the things to come. He wants to reveal those things to us, but it comes out of a love relationship. You see you see what the, the dark tries to do. The dark tries to entice people to go to these palm readers. 
Oh, right. you want to know what your future is? Just go down the street and listen to these palm readers, right? Because they're tempted. They want to do it the easy way. They want to do it out of a relational connection with Hashem. And that's when a person gets in trouble. That's when deception comes in. That's when the issues of discernment of the heart come in, is when folks want to shortcut the process. The process is, the wonderful process is falling in love with Hashem. And out of that love relationship, Hashem begins to reveal those things to us as we can speak to Hashem face to face as Moses was able to. You know, the danger, you talk about going to these mediums and the palm readers, the danger in that is whatever they say, the enemy will cause to happen. Right. And so it's not really the future that God has intended for you. But because you put yourself in a dangerous situation, he, the enemy has access to you. Yep. He ha- then he has a legal right to do whatever the person that you went to has said. But God has so much more for us. He loves us so much. He wants, he wants us to have what does he say in Jeremiah? My hope for you is for a future. Yes. Yes. Not for not for ill, mm-hmm. not for destruction, not for fear. But to give you for, a future and a hope. For, right. And so when we think about it, we we need to develop that relationship with him so we don't have to worry about what's gonna happen. <clears throat> It all, down the road. it all comes out of a relational connection. No matter what right. you, you all hear us talk about everything. We may talk about some things that are outside of your grid or, or you just like, wow, that's really kind of out there. But the foundation is purely the foundation. The firm foundation is in a relational connection with Hashem. You cannot go outside of that and try to seek things outside of that relationship because that's when Christians, non-believers, everybody gets in trouble and are easily susceptible to the distractions of the enemy, the 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 tactics of the enemy, the deception of the enemy. Right. Well, you know, let's be go back into the word and just look at those deceptions. Um, King Saul, after Samuel died, he didn't know what to do. He had nobody to direct him and tell him what the Lord was saying because the Lord's Spirit had already been withdrawn from him. The anointing was gone. So he went to this witch and the witch told him some stuff and he believed it. You know, the witch supposedly brought up Samuel and, and told him some things. And, and because of all of that, his, his family died. He died. His whole family died. The kingdom was lost from him because he stepped out of the will of Hashem. That's right. So it's, it's very important that we stay close, that in the morning when you wake up, that you check with him, what do you want me to do today? Is there something special? Is there something special in the Word that I need to read that's going to help me with decisions that I need to make? It's 
to me, that's crucial. Checking with him, uh, what do I wear? What direction do I go? What do I cook? Um, should I should I take on this this new project that that the proposal has been given? Is it going to be? Are you going to be with me in this project? If you're not with me in the project, then I'm not taking the project. That should be our mode of operation constantly. I think that's so excellent. And a lot of times we go to Hashem already with what our desires are, and we don't right. check with him to confirm if that's his desires. I think the reason why is because sometimes his desires may say, you know what, I have something that's best for you, but you have to wait. But instead, sometimes we want things now, and he will allow us to have the desires of our heart now, even if it's not necessarily in line with his perfect will. There's his good will, there's his acceptable will, and there's his perfect will. So even though it's not aligned with his perfect will, he'll allow us to, but We've got to get, we've got to get, I want to say smart, but I guess the word is we need to be more in love with who he is. And instead of just coming to Hashem for, to ask for things, we need to start asking Hashem, what do you want? What car do you want me to have? What husband or wife do you want me to have? Please show me. In, in, in the big things and in the little things. And when we get into a habit that's really being led by Ruach HaKadosh. When we get into the habit of being led by Ruach HaKadosh, boy, let me tell you something. The blessings, the honor, the favor that comes with allowing Ruach HaKadosh to lead is incredible. There is no joy. There's no, there's no, no desire that's greater than fulfilling Hashem's desire. There's no joy. There's no drug people can take. No, nothing compares to being in the perfect will of Hashem. And if you all... You know, Nina, mm-hmm. it's not only asking Him, should I do this, should I do this? It's also asking Him, how can I love you today? Mm. How can I... How can I show you how much I care about you? How can I how can I wrap my arms around you and just love on you right now? Mm. And I think he wants that from each one of us. He just wants he's waiting for us to just love on him. You know, we love on our kids, we love on our moms and our dads. But do we really love on Hashem? You know, he's waiting and he wants us, but he's not going to force himself. So it's not just checking with him, but he's also asking him, today, what do you want me to do for you? Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I want to serve you today. I don't want to do my own stuff. Today, I want to serve you. And sometimes he'll just tell, tell you, I don't want you to do anything. I just want you to sit. I want you to be with my word. I want you to to worship, and I will come and sit on your praise. Mm. That's powerful. You know, that's so powerful. Sometimes, sometimes that's all he wants. You know, uh, somebody said we are. We're called human beings, but we don't be. We do. So they said we should be called human doings because we're so busy doing this and doing that. 
and not just being still mm. and sitting in his presence and just letting him love on us as we love on him. That is awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. So these these spirit gates are so powerful and we just want to encourage you all let the light of Hashem shine through you and shine through these gates of reverence and the fear of the Lord so that we all can get a better understanding of what it actually means to reverence Hashem, to have a fear of Hashem. And then it's not just about learning, but it's about actuating it. In other words, making it a part of your daily life and your daily walk, that it becomes who you are, and then you become changed into Hashem's image. And isn't that what it's all about? That's exactly right. Because as we become changed in his image, who knows? He'll be, he'll miss us so much. He'll do, do like he did with, um, what's his, Enoch. Yes, hallelujah. Wouldn't that, wouldn't that be amazing, Nina? Oh, I'm already claiming that. I'm speaking it, so I know that's done. <laughs> yeah, but the other thing is, as we let, let first love and the glory of God shine through these gates, not... These are the last two we're talking about, but all the gates, intuition, revelation, worship, hope, faith, reverence, and prayer, that love is going to help us clean out all our other gates mm. so that so that we will be closer more and more and more in the image of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And with that, we want to say that we love you all. May the blessings and favor and glory of Hashem be upon you as you listen to this podcast. We are always lifting you up. You are in our hearts. You are in our prayers as we go in front of the throne of grace. And we just all just bask in the love of Hashem because we love Hashem. And we know that Hashem loves us. Amen. Amen.